Guidelines in Practice, Hypothermia Prevention, by Terry Link. Abstract. All patients are at risk for unplanned hypothermia in the perioperative practice setting. Adverse outcomes attributed to hypothermia include myocardial events, surgical side infections, poor wound healing, increased blood loss, and prolonged post-anesthesia care unit stays. The AORN, Guideline for Prevention of Hypothermia, includes recommendations for measuring the patient's body temperature, selecting methods for prevention of unplanned hypothermia, and implementing the selected insulation and warming interventions. This article discusses guideline recommendations related to using a consistent temperature measurement method through all phases of perioperative care, assessing risk for hypothermia in all patients, and pre-warming perioperative patients. A scenario provides an example in which an interdisciplinary facility team uses a gap analysis and a risk assessment to determine the process for implementing recommendations from this guideline. Perioperative RN should review the entire guideline for additional information and for guidance when creating and updating policies and procedures related to unplanned hypothermia. Although the definition varies by source, a common definition of hypothermia is a body temperature lower than 36 degrees Celsius, 96.8 degrees Fahrenheit. All patients undergoing operative and other invasive procedures are at risk for developing unplanned hypothermia. General anesthesia blocks the body's autonomic response of vasoconstriction, causing a redistribution of body heat from the core to the periphery and, to a lesser extent, decreasing metabolic heat production and increasing cutaneous heat loss. Uraxial anesthesia, for example, spinal epidural, blocks the autonomic responses, for example, shivering vasoconstriction, of the anesthetized part of the patient's body. Other factors that may contribute to perioperative hypothermia include low ambient OR temperature, exposure of the patient's organs or tissue, room temperature IV and irrigation fluids, and evaporation of skin antiseptics. Hypothermia is not only a comfort issue. Researchers have associated adverse patient outcomes with unplanned hypothermia. These include myocardial events, wound infections, poor wound healing, postoperative pain, increased blood loss and need for blood transfusion, reversible coagulopathy, that is, platelet dysfunction, impaired renal function, and decreased drug metabolism. Increased post-anesthesia care unit, PACU, length of stay, prolonged hospitalization, and death also have been attributed to unplanned hypothermia. The revised AORN, Guideline for Prevention of Hypothermia, published in July 2019, provides recommendations based on the guideline project team's appraisal of the evidence available in the healthcare literature. The project team rated each recommendation using the evidence appraisal score, that is, the strength and quality of the evidence, a benefit-harm assessment, and consideration of resource use. The AORN evidence model has four levels of recommendation ratings, regulatory requirement, recommendation, conditional recommendation, and no recommendation. Figure 1 shows the criteria for each recommendation level. 
The revised hypothermia guideline includes only the recommendation and conditional recommendation levels. There are no regulatory requirements related to preventing hypothermia, and no situations for which the evidence suggested that no recommendation could be made. The evidence table for the guideline, available on the AORN website at https colon double slash aorn.org slash guidelines slash about dash aorn dash guidelines slash evidence dash tables, provides more detailed information on the literature the project team used to develop the guideline. This article provides guidance readers can use to identify gaps in their practice, evaluate risks associated with those gaps, and implement recommendations using examples from the Revised Prevention of Hypothermia Guideline. The four topics addressed in the guideline are body temperature measurement, prevention methods, passive insulation methods, and active warming methods. This article discusses recommendations from the first two sections of the guideline related to using a consistent temperature measurement site and method throughout the perioperative care continuum, assessing risk for hypothermia in all patients, and pre-warming perioperative patients. See sidebar 1. A scenario in which an interdisciplinary facility team uses a gap analysis to determine the areas where the facility is not following guideline recommendations and a risk assessment to help prioritize the actions to address those gaps is provided after the discussion of specific guideline recommendations. Body Temperature Measurement Although there are no regulatory requirements for body temperature measurement, several professional organizations recommend temperature monitoring in clinical practice guidelines. This section covers four of the eight guideline recommendations and conditional recommendations related to temperature measurement. Recommendations AORN recommends measuring and monitoring the patient's temperature during all phases of perioperative care. Low-quality evidence indicates that core body temperature measurements are less variable than peripheral area temperature measurements, which may be affected by external factors, such as ambient temperature. However, researchers have not identified a specific site or method that is applicable in all clinical situations. Therefore, AORN recommends that the perioperative team members collaboratively determine the temperature measurement site and method to be used throughout all perioperative phases. When determining the site and method to use, perioperative personnel should consider factors specific to the procedure, for example, invasiveness, accessibility of body sites, the anesthesia type and delivery method, and factors specific to the patient, for example, age, body surface or weight, pre-existing medical conditions. Moderate quality evidence indicates that temperature measurements can vary when measured at different sites or by different methods, so perioperative personnel should use one consistent site and method when clinically feasible. To ensure accuracy of the temperature method, facility personnel should calibrate the temperature monitoring device according to the manufacturer's written instructions for use. Conditional Recommendation AORN does not recommend a specific frequency for temperature measurement because clinical practice guidelines and low-quality evidence do not provide consistent guidance for temperature monitoring frequency based on procedure duration. This means 
The perioperative team members should determine how frequently they will monitor and record the patient's temperature based on the individual patient's assessment and the healthcare organization's policies and procedures. Prevention methods. Many methods are available for maintaining the patient's body heat, that is, passive insulation methods, or warming the patient, that is, active warming methods. Passive insulation methods include warmed cotton blankets, surgical draping, and thermal garments. Active warming techniques include forced air warming devices, electric warming blankets, and warmed fluids and gases. This section discusses four of six recommendations or conditional recommendations presented in the guideline related to choosing the hypothermia prevention method. AORN does not promote using any specific method. Recommendations AORN recommends implementing methods for preventing or treating hypothermia for all patients during all phases of perioperative care. Perioperative team members should collaborate to select the methods to be used based on patient and procedure-specific risk factors identified during the preoperative patient assessment. Because of pre-existing health conditions, some patients are at an increased risk for developing hypothermia, and identifying these conditions is part of the perioperative nursing patient assessment. AORN also recommends that when active warming is indicated, the team member should pre-warm the patient with a selected warming method. Although there is conflicting evidence on the benefits of pre-warming, high-quality evidence supports that pre-warming patients results in higher post-operative temperatures, higher core body temperatures during the procedure, and lower rates of hypothermia. In addition, when perioperative team members identify that a patient is hypothermic before surgery, they should initiate warming interventions to normalize the patient's core body temperature before surgery and prevent worsening of the hypothermic condition during surgery. Conditional Recommendations The perioperative team may decide to use a combination of active warming methods or a combination of active warming and passive insulation methods. Moderate and high-quality evidence supports using various combinations of warming methods, but AORN does not recommend the use of specific warming methods. Therefore, the team members should determine the best warming methods to use based on the patient's needs and the procedure requirements. Determining the amount of time for pre-warming is a conditional recommendation, meaning that the team should make an informed decision based on the available evidence in the facility's policies. Researchers have tested varying durations for pre-warming, but moderate and high-quality evidence supports pre-warming the patient for a minimum of 10 minutes. Scenario An interdisciplinary team at a community hospital in a suburb of a large metropolitan area meets to determine priorities for implementing the revised AORN, Guideline for Prevention of Hypothermia. The nurse manager the medical director of anesthesia, an infection preventionist, a general surgeon, a pediatric general surgeon, and nurses from the preoperative area, OR, PACU, and surgical floor comprise the team. These team members represent healthcare providers who select the method and site of temperature measurement, assess and monitor the patient preoperatively and throughout the continuum of care, and determine and implement any patient warming interventions. Surgical teams at this facility 
perform approximately 150 procedures per week, including cardiac, general, gynecological, otolaryngologic, retinal, and pediatric surgeries. An otolaryngology surgeon, whose practice includes more than 50% pediatric surgical patients, primarily performs tonsillectomy and adenoidectomy procedures and tympanotomy with ear tube insertion. Approximately 60% of these patients undergo outpatient surgery and are discharged on the day of surgery. The anesthesia department has an ongoing quality improvement project that includes an expected outcome of normothermia, greater than 36 degrees Celsius or greater than 96.8 degrees Fahrenheit, on admittance to the PACU. Currently, 20% of patients admitted to the PACU have a temperature below 36 degrees Celsius, 96.8 degrees Fahrenheit, even though they are normothermic before transfer from the OR. The facility currently has no policy and procedure for the prevention of hypothermia in the perioperative setting. The nurses do not assess patient and procedure-specific risk factors for hypothermia during the preoperative assessment. Nurses in the preoperative and postoperative areas use a temporal artery thermometer. However, the anesthesia professionals independently select their method for intraoperative monitoring of the patient's temperature, choosing either zero-heat flux thermometry, a urinary catheter with a temperature sensor, or a distal esophageal probe. Perioperative team members use both passive insulation, for example, warmed cotton blankets, and active warming, for example, forced air garments. Methods for hypothermia prevention. The anesthesia professional and the RN circulator base this decision on the patient's temperature and verbalized comfort level. The preoperative nurse on the team describes the current practices that include recording the patient's temperature on admission and offering the patient warm blankets in the preoperative area. The nurses administer room temperature IV fluids and do not consistently pre-warm the patient before he or she is transferred to the OR. The RN circulator reports that the surgical team uses warm blankets and warmed IV fluids intraoperatively. The nurse also reports that during most procedures, perioperative team members apply at least one forced air warming blanket to the patient and connect it to the appropriate unit. The nurses cover pediatric patients with a warm blanket, but because the procedures are typically shorter than 30 minutes, they do not initiate any active warming methods. The nurses do not always place an IV access for tympanotomy and ear tube insertion procedures. The interdisciplinary team uses a gap analysis to methodically review each guideline recommendation and identify areas of noncompliance. See Figure 2. Based on the completed gap analysis, they identify risks and use this information to perform a risk assessment. On the risk assessment tool, each of the identified practice gaps is scored in three categories. The impact of a risk event, the probability a risk event will occur, and the facility's preparedness or tolerance for change. The highest total score should indicate the highest priority for policy changes and implementation. See Figure 3. When scoring the impact of risk, the team considers the possibility for patient harm. For example, complications caused by hypothermia, the financial impact, the possible legal implications, and the recommendation level. To score the probability of risk, the team refers to historical data on hypothermia incidents and patient complications. 
Lastly, the team considers the level of facility preparedness to successfully address a guideline gap. As when implementing any change in practice, the team will need support and resources to succeed. The team identifies that the first potential risk is lack of a policy or standardized process for body temperature measurement. One consequence of not having a policy is the increased likelihood that patients could become hypothermic. The team scores the impact of this risk as moderate, that is 2, and the probability of this risk occurring as medium, that is 2. The team rates preparedness as fair, that is 2, because perioperative team members regularly use temperature measurement devices, but the site and methods are inconsistent. The second potential risk is lack of an existing policy on assessment of patient and procedure-specific risk factors for hypothermia, so staff members do not use the patient's assessment to determine warming interventions. The team scores the impact for this risk as high, that is 3, because some patients will be more at risk for hypothermia than others, and these risks are not being identified. Lack of a policy on assessment of patient risk factors could result in an inappropriate intervention or no intervention for prevention of hypothermia. For the same reason, the team scores the probability as high, that is 3, and preparedness as poor, that is 3. The third potential risk is that personnel are not using the same site and method of temperature measurement throughout the perioperative phases. Different methods and measurement devices may not produce consistent results. The team scores the impact of risk as high, that is 3. The team considers the probability of the risk occurring to be medium, that is 2, and preparedness to be fair, that is 2. The anesthesia professionals support a change because they are finding inconsistencies in temperature measurement between the OR and the PACU. The fourth potential risk is lack of consistency in pre-warming the patient before anesthesia induction and normalizing the patient's core body temperature if the patient is hypothermic before transfer to the OR. The effect of not pre-warming a patient when his or her temperature is low is the increased difficulty of treating hypothermia instead of maintaining normothermia when the patient is under anesthesia. The team scores the impact as high, that is 3, with a high score for probability of hypothermia occurring, that is 3. They consider preparedness to be poor, that is 3, because there is no existing policy on pre-warming. After performing this assessment, the team discusses priorities for implementation of hypothermia prevention practices. Specific assessment of risk factors in pre-warming have the highest total scores, which indicates these should be addressed first. However, the interdisciplinary team decides that the primary problem is the lack of a policy and procedure on prevention of hypothermia, which could incorporate solutions for all of the potential risk factors identified and scored. The team creates a policy and procedure that lists patient and procedure-specific risk factors to use when determining the appropriate method of body temperature measurement. The team also works with the Electronic Health Record Technical Support Team to incorporate the patient-specific and procedure or anesthesia-specific risk factors into the electronic health record as a checklist that requires mandatory completion during the patient assessment. According to the new policy and procedure, 
nurses will initiate active warming with a forced air warming blanket in the preoperative area, along with use of warm cotton blankets and warmed IV fluids. Based on the patient's needs, the surgical team will consider both active and passive warming methods during all perioperative phases. Nurses will apply zero-heat flux thermometry, that is, application of a thermosensoric patch to the patient's lateral forehead in the preoperative area. This method is compatible with the monitoring equipment used in each phase of perioperative care and will travel with the patient throughout the continuum of care. Other methods, for example, urinary catheter with temperature probe, esophageal temperature probe, will be available if use of the zero-heat flux disc is incompatible with the procedure. Preoperative nurses will pre-warm all patients using a combination of active and passive methods of warming when indicated. For pediatric patients, the anesthesia professional or designee will increase the ambient temperature in the OR to 75 degrees Fahrenheit, 24 degrees Celsius, until after induction and draping. The team will then reassess the room temperature on an individual basis. The surgical team will warm IV fluids and derogation fluids for cavities before administration. Conclusion The consequences of unplanned hypothermia can be severe, and a variety of methods are available to help prevent this problem. Performing a preoperative patient assessment for patient and procedure-specific risk factors for hypothermia allows the surgical team to intervene before hypothermia occurs. In the described scenario, methods of measurement and treatment were readily available and appropriate, but the processes and policies were not in place, putting this facility's perioperative patients at risk. Policies and procedures for prevention and treatment of unplanned hypothermia help standardize processes and provide guidance for the perioperative team. Incorporating checklists into the electronic health record and in the handover of care also provides decision support. A gap analysis and risk assessment are objective tools to aid decision-making and help standardize the process of guideline implementation. Other analyses should include the cost of implementing recommendations, including the costs that could be incurred if guideline recommendations are not implemented, for example, the cost of treating complications resulting from hypothermia. Performing a gap analysis and risk assessment, determining facility priorities, and developing policies and procedures accordingly help to direct resources where they will have the most positive effect.